It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Every sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you Fly me to the moon And let me play among the straws Let me dash them at people Who actually need spinning jaws As in they need their jaws spun As in they need their jaws rocked Because all the time nonsense is coming out From their jaws, nonsense Hi everybody Welcome to another episode of SYM It is I, Kalechi S-Y-M, yeah, S-Y-M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? And that's right, Suck Your Mum. I'm always surprised when people still don't know what the the true title of this podcast is and they're shocked. I'm like, oh my God, that's that's so vulgar. That's so cheeky. (laughs) What's cheeky is you not washing past your belly button. Me discovering that some of you don't wash your legs is really, or your feet. It's really blowing my mind And I see that somebody else said Oh, so while we're on the subject um, Do people wash their back? I'm like, how, how are you? So all I want to know is What body parts are you people actually washing? What are you actually doing in the shower? But I'm saying that But I actually do know I actually do know Because every time I've been in them Communal Bikram yoga showers And we've all been showering together I see that certain gyal Like they just bring in conditioner And they bring in shampoo And that's it And they'll wash their hair for ages, wash their hair for ages. And then their body's just there waiting, waiting to feel some love, but nothing. And also, I don't understand how you all wash your bodies with the palm of your hand. It's it's really, even Jesus, or is it Mary Magdalene? One of them, when they were, I think it was Mary Magdalene, when she was washing Jesus's feet, didn't she use her hair or something? At least she had the common sense to at least try and use hair or something to dry his feet or to, 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 to clean his feet. You are just using the palm of your hand and the hope of God that you'll be clean at the end of that shower. And we all know that to not be the case. And also all the people who are trying to derail that conversation talking about, well, what if you're disabled and you can't? Do-? No, even disabled people are like, fam, don't bring me into that conversation because I actually wash my body. Speak for yourself. Don't involve me. It is just you by yourself. But yeah, sorry. I just needed to get that off my mind. Um, I usually say I'm very, very happy to be here. I don't actually want to be here today. I'm so tired. I shouldn't. I shouldn't actually be here I'm meant to be in bed I'm on strict orders to at least be To to be on bed rest for for a week So I'm really shifting my things around And I was even meant to be at the rain and shine retreat So anyone who went to the rain and shine retreat Expecting to have a weekend with me And do workshop Do a workshop with me Soz wasn't there because I need to stay at home Also was meant to go to the Murky Books um, event That was happening with Penguin um, and I didn't go to that either I didn't get to go to baby girl Clara Ampho's birthday Because there's a tenant in my uterus And I just don't have the time And I'm just extremely introverted So as much as I'm saying that Oh, it's because of the baby that I'm not going to these things I'm actually just not going Because I don't tend to like going to very, very social events Like, it sounds really crude But I don't tend to go to places unless I'm getting paid Um. 
and even the ones that are paying me, I'm still like, yeah, I'd, I'd really would prefer not to come. Um, and I guess after that dinner, that useless dinner that I spoke about in the previous episode, I've just felt very funny about committing myself to going to things because I didn't want to go to that really, but I forced myself to go and then look at the fuck shit that took place. So now I'm just like, you know what, if I definitely just don't feel like going, then I'm not going. I was meant to interview to direct a play that would be running for two weeks. Um, and I was look, really, really looking forward to it because it would help with my other directorial ambitions. But I had to just deep it and be like, babes, you need to go and rest and you need to go and do other bits. So yeah, it's, I feel like pregnancy definitely humbles you. It humbles you. Like you can't be out here thinking that you're superhuman because you're just not. So I'm having to just trust that these things will come back around when they should. Big up my agent, big up my agent, Lola. She got me an audition, a casting for a commercial. I don't, I don't think I've booked it because I didn't hear anything back. Boo hoo hoo. But it would have been nice to actually get away because I really, really want to get, wanted to get away before the baby arrives, but that won't be happening to like somewhere nice and beachy. And this, uh, if I booked this job, I would have been able to go away. But I think actually the time's run out because you can't fly after 27 weeks. So I don't think I wouldn't be able to go anywhere, but oh well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's just an update on my life Um, And like I said, I don't want to be here But I'm here because I know that you all deserve Big up Demetrius Who um, constantly, like I said Puts um, funds in PayPal to to sponsor these episodes You're appreciated I don't know if I'll start Patreon again I just don't know But I I, I feel like as it's going now, it's it's fine Um, So yeah, let's just get into the tarot So I stop waffling on Um, The tarot this week is very, very interesting And very... You all say week after week that, oh my God, the tarot dragged me. The tarot dragged me. I feel like this week is a severe drag, but it's for a limited number of people. So I'm sorry in advance because, you know, I wouldn't ever say anything harshly because whenever I'm picking these cards, it's about love and kindness and and giving you the message that your, your, your spirit self needs. So let's get into it. The first card was the, is the, it's the Ten of Wands And the Ten of Wands In the Kaleidodope deck By Crystal Banner We see um, a figure Carrying lots of books Lots of books So you can't even see The figure's face Because the books Come so high There's just a tower of books That they're cry- um, carrying So they can't see The wood for the trees They can't see anything Because they're just focused on Carrying these books And, and getting them Where they need to be And it's the same with um, when we see it in the traditional deck, we just see this person carrying these wands and they're struggling, but they're almost there. They're almost home. You see home in the distance. Um, And yeah, and this is what we get here. The 10 of wands in isolation is pretty much saying some of you are so like buried in your work, like you've convinced yourself that you're buried in your work and you're buried in a project or you're buried in something That's distracting you from everything else Like you have no time to really have any perspective on anything else Because you're so focused on Oh, I need to get this done I need to get this done I'm about my business I'm about my hustle I'm about my grind Which is really interesting Because while you're doing that You can't see anybody You can't even see yourself That's what's mad 
not only can you not see anybody else, but you can't even see yourself when you're doing all of this stuff. And I think that it's usually just an excuse. It's an excuse to disengage and to disconnect from others and to disconnect from yourself by making yourself believe that, oh, well, you know, I'm just focused on my work right now. And that's what I've got to um, stay focused on. And um, the second card that came out with that was the Queen of Swords. And you all know that I always say like the Queen of Swords is is um, me whenever I see that as well it always reminds me of me but anyway yeah so the queen of swords came out and i remember it being uh, described as quintessentially chris carter uh, chris jenner because it's that kind of shrewd ambitious um kind of mother figure or that kind of feminine energy that doesn't care all they care about is the end goal so fuck your feelings it's the end goal that matters and they will strive for that end goal and i think that what we have under, um, underneath the surface of this Ten of Wands is that Queen of Swords energy, that intellect, that because Wands is about action, isn't it? So we've got with the Wands, the actions that you're doing are being driven by that Queen of Swords intellectual energy, that air sign energy of like, you know what? I'm doing it because one day I see myself being this boss bitch or I see myself being this boss guy. That's why I'm doing it because I'm going to achieve this one day. And, you know, and, and this is what I'm focused on. And that's sad because you just end up rather cold Yeah, you will achieve all of those things But you'll be rather lonely And and that's what you need to remember What are you doing this at the cost of? What are you achieving and striving for all of these things at the cost of? Will you, I mean, friendships will go along the way I've experienced that And people will go along the way That's that's normal But there are friendships that probably don't need to go That you're going to lose Friendships even with yourself um, Connections with yourself that you're going to lose Because you're so busy with, well, I'll be happy when I'll be happy if you're putting conditions on your happiness and it all comes from it it depends on how much I produce I must be this productive in order to deserve happiness and that comes from a major life energy we've got the the hierophant um which is also known as the high priest um we've got that card which is the number f- uh, it's numbered 5 um in the major arcana so it's like the sixth card so we've got the high priest as it's called in the kaleidoscope deck um, his beard and everything He looks a bit like my brother <laughs> um, But yeah So we've got the Hierophant that comes up Which basically tells me that this is The reason that you think like this Is because you're trying to um, Meet up to um, Standards that have been set by society Or that have been set by your culture That you It's, it's, it's a tradition You're doing this out of tradition You're, you're doing this out of Like um, you feel um, obligated to do all of these things because that's how you've been brought up. That's what a man does. That's what a woman does. Like that is what you have to do. And basically it's not, it's not. And you know, it's interesting because we've got the 10 of wands, the person can't see where they're going. And then you've got the queen of swords directly pointing to the high priest. So it's basically showing that the reason that you are doing all of this is because you believe that that's what you should be doing. My other interpretation of it um, is really interesting because I feel like some of you specifically who are in relationships or have partners, Uh, Are so focused on your work And you're so focused on your personal projects That you're not focusing on the people in your life Um, Your ambition is driving you away from them And actually, um, specifically your marriages Your marriages are struggling under the pressure of your ambitions That's not to say that you shouldn't have these ambitions A true 
person a person that truly loves you will support you know where you're trying to go with your life and everything else but it just means that the demands that you're putting your, on yourself and the demands that you're putting on your relationship because of your traditionalist ideologies of what um, partnerships should be or what love should be or what a man or what a woman should be is hurting your relationship and some of you that might mean that you've your marriages have broken up or you're, you're just under a lot of stress and if it's not marriages engagements whatever but it's your, your relationships are struggling because you specifically because this is about you you can't seem to see that there's more to life than just achieving these things. And fam, if you feel like the person that you're with wouldn't want to be with you if you didn't achieve all of these things, then maybe they're not the person that you need to be with. But more time, it's not about them. They love you and they care for you the way that you are. You are the one putting pressure on you and you're trying to project it and say that, oh, it's because of them. I'm doing it because of them or I'm doing it because of the kids because this is what a mother's meant to do. This is what a father's meant to do. When actually they're not even asking that of you. They just want to see your face once in a while. They just want to crack joke with you once in a while. They just want to show you a funny meme they just want you to engage with them once in a while rather than like being so lost in your own source that's actually quite bitter and bland because the seasoning of life the spice of life that you need in it it's not there so it's just um these cards are just encouraging you I guess to just wake the hell up wake the hell up put the books down for a bit like Put out time Mark out time That you're going to actually spend With the people that you care about Because at the end of the day They are the ones that matter Yes you want to leave a legacy But the true legacy Is in people Still speaking fondly of you When you're no longer here You're not going anywhere Anytime soon God forbid But you know Do you get what I mean Like focus on that Focus Focus on On Put work into those kind of things Put work into those relationships Because they matter And if you You know I've said it before But if you feel like um, You have to work for people's love then they're not the ones that you should be having in your life. You shouldn't have to work for them to love you. They should love you. And then the things that you do, the, the hard work that you put in, um, aside from that only just, you know, embellishes it or just heightens it even more. But you shouldn't have to base level show them that you're deserving of love by all of the work that you're doing for them. I say that because the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck, the card that came up, is I am a magnet attracting love in its purest form. Love is always available to us. It is sometimes available in a in a form that we are not accustomed to seeing it. Trust that you are love and therefore you attract love. Look for love's presence everywhere you are. And that's a major thing. Look for love's presence everywhere you are because some of you can't see it because you're so focused on what you think it should look like. Your ambitions and your traditional values have told you that this is what it should look like. And if some of you right now are even struggling with your sexuality, understand that again, you are um, a um, a spirit in a body Your spirit can be You know Can want various people And various things And not um, Assign it to gender Or whatever the fuck else Like let Make friendships with people That you wouldn't Otherwise make friendships with Like invest In relationships That you wouldn't Otherwise invest in Because you're probably Just hindering yourself From really Living the life that you need to live because of these values that you've been taught And they could be religious ones that, no, we don't do these things because it's against our religion And actually we're going to talk about them abortion fucking bans and all of that in a, um, later on But it's that idea of just being so stuck in like draconian antiquated views That you're, un you're unable to see What's in front of you In terms of all of the love That's available to you So pretty much Yeah just Just wake the Just wake the hell up um, It matters 
especially since I got a flash in my head when I was talking there about religion and how, you know, and how that affects things. Some of you are so focused in your holy books, that 10 of ones with the figure holding the card, I'm sorry, holding all of the books, um, is you so focused on your holy books, but the Bible said this, but the Quran said this, but all of, you know, I, I must do, this is what it says and I must do that. And my ambition is to just do that. And, and so you walk around with your sword of judgment, just slicing at anything and everything because your ambition is to be exactly like it says in that holy book. And you have to remember that those holy books were written hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And the essential truth in all of them is that God is love. Yeah, don't forget that, that God is love. All of this other higgy hagger that you're doing, that is what you have. I'm, I'm, I was saving this for Oprah, right? But I'm just going to let you hoes have it. Um, Oprah usually asks you like, um, do you think there's a difference between religion and spirituality? And people will be like, yeah, well, when I think about it, I think that religion is and spirituality is. And I feel like some of their answers are cool, cool, cool. But for me, my when Oprah invites me on to um, Super Soul Conversations, my answer will be, and if any of you hosts steal it, we're going to have a problem. Anyway, um, my answer would be religion is what you learn, but spirituality is what you know. And I honestly believe that in terms of spirituality, um, so what do I mean by that? Let me break that down first before I go off on a tangent. Religion is something that you learn in that you're born, you, you're born and then your family, whichever family you're born into, if that is the case, will be like, this is our religion. This is what we follow. And so you start learning all of these things to do with that religion and, and that thing. But I feel like even if your family didn't give you that, you would still have an inherent spirituality and knowing a, a, a birth, you know, a birth given knowing of what is true and what is love and what must be pursued in order to evolve to be your highest self. I believe that we all have that. Not all of us follow it, but we all have it. So definitely knowledge, um, sorry, religion is something that you learn. It's cerebral as far as I'm concerned. It's about a practice um, and you go with that. Whereas um, spirituality is what you inherently know because it's what you came from. That is how it is. And because religion is about what you know, when people know differently to you, Suddenly that sword comes out and we're battling because, well, what I know said this and what I know said that. I'm sorry, what I've learned said this. Because religion is what you learn, when someone has learned differently to you, you're like, well, what I learned said this and what I learned said that. But I feel like when it's spirituality is and it's what you know, you have no reason to really argue with anybody because you understand that everybody is on their path and they're doing what they need to do. And you leave them to it and you just, it's about a remembering. And so I had this dream the other day that I thought was really, really funny. Um, I call it a dream, but it was just kind of like a, maybe like a daydream. I don't know. But um, I just found it really funny that I, I had this image of God just being like a God of banter. Like God is funny. Like God is hilarious when you really, really think about it. And therefore the universe is hilarious. And I just think that you must have been sitting, like we must have been sitting in this kind of like spiritual plane, right? Just chilling in this spiritual realm. And someone went like, hey, 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 do you know what's going to be funny? Do you know what would be funny? If you went to earth, yeah, and you had to remember that you are this divine being, wouldn't that be hilarious? Like, wouldn't that be so fucking funny And then God and everyone else Is like <laughs> That would be hilarious Let's try it Some of you man Just go down Go down And see how long it takes you To remember that you're a divine being Because what is 80 years What is 80 years Which is like Let's say like that. That's your lifespan yeah I pray that you live longer All of them things there But let's say that What is 80 years What is 100 years What is 120 years to God What really 
It's like sand in an hourglass. So are the days of our lives. <laughs> I used to like that show. Anyway, but yeah, like your the the life that we live is so incredibly short. It's actually mad. It's fam. I'm 32 years old. I don't even know how I became 32 years old. I cannot tell you now how I became 32 years old, and that's 32. 32, I've existed on this planet for 32 years. That's fucking wild. So, and to me, it's just gone like that. So I can't even imagine like what that must look like in the eyes of the universe, like 80 years, 80 years. It's it's banter. It's banter to your spiritual self that you come here for 80 years or so approximately, right? And to see how quickly you can remember that you are a spiritual being and remember where you came from because you know that you're going back, but it's just like, it would be so funny to, to, to not remember. You're like playing hide and seek with your own self. It's, anyway, that was just my ponderings. And it really tickled me because I just thought they're funny, you know, like life is just so funny and we're funny we, to just be like, yeah, I'm going to go to earth and see how long it, remember, it takes me to remember that I'm just love in its purest form. And I just want to experience love in all of its various forms. Like I already know what unconditional love is because I'm created from source. But let me just go and find out about the other types of love that these men are experiencing. Let me just go because if I'm trying to come back to unconditional love from a place of not remembering that I am love, what the fuck would happen? That would be so funny. Oh my God. Yeah, that would be so funny go and try it out boom you're on earth so that's just my little um brain fart on the whole issue um and I just thought I'd share that with you and like I said if I hear it on Oprah you're getting your face cut okay thanks so much anyway moving on to the sacred symbols deck by Marcella Kroll um the card I pulled today is shift it's a yellow box with um like two black triangles that look like a bow um yeah like a bow tie Anyway, in shift, it says miracles, divine intervention, the end of stagnation and divine inspiration is here now. Drawing this card signifies an aha moment. If you listen to Super Soul Conversations, you'll find, you'll realize how funny that is. And that I just mentioned Oprah. Um, signifies an aha moment or sudden change in any situation that was stuck or blocked. A welcomed change or answer you have been seeking is here now. Meditate on this symbol when you are feeling stuck, unsure of which way to go or having a block creatively. And it fits so nicely with the 10 of wands cards and everything that we were just saying. Some of you are having the block creatively because you are in your own way with all of your books and all of your project, project, project and working. You are in your own way and you're out here just like slicing anything out of the way that that would want to give you any sort of satisfaction because you're stuck in this kind of draconian archaic ideologies of how your life should be or the life that's been presented to you which is inherently um you know white supremacist and patriarchal in essence you're stuck on that that is what I should attain in this life and acquire in this life and I'm not doing anything different to that try doing something different because right now the way that you're doing things is spiceless go and do something differently. So that's the tarot for this week. Let's move on then to um, Share Your Magnificence. So Share Your Magnificence this week goes out to uh, Death of a Salesman that's on at the Young Vic Theatre. If you don't know about me, I'm a, like a proper theatre geek, like obviously actor, director, but I, I love theatre with all of my heart. If I could just direct at the National, at the Young Vic even, I don't know about the Old Vic, but you know, if I could just direct my little pieces at these uh, places, I would be in my element. Obviously, I'd like to direct films and things like that, but theatre, 
is what I love with all of my heart. So I went to go and see Death of a Salesman. And I remember doing this as the my final year project at uni all the way in 2008. Fucking hell. Um, it was my final year project at university. And I played Linda Lohman. And I really enjoyed studying Death of a Salesman because I think that um, what Arthur Miller covered in that play is still relevant today in the um, fact that the American dream is in essence unattainable it's a myth it's a myth that was used to justify the genocide of the native americans as far as i'm concerned because when you're talking to me about bring me your weak bring me your weary bring me your rare 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 there were people that were already there so now you're saying bring 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 but you're asking for them to be brought so now they can work and make this country what it is i find it really weird when i listen to like podcasts and things like that or even watch tv shows and they're like america the greatest country in the world like we are the world's last hope you are not even the first hope or the second talk less of the last you are not anybody's last hope my god um i just yeah i just think that it's it's really really funny but um it's it's interesting because many uh authors musicians everyone has tried to uh, tackle the subject of the american dream but why willie loman stuck with me so much is because again like the high priest like the hierophant in um in the tarot deck he has bought into this ideology that if he does everything the way that he has been told to the way that it has been set out for him in this toxically patriarchal sense that's not to say that patriarchy inherently is toxic but the kind of patriarchy that's um, put upon us um is um he's been taught that everything should work out this way for him and it hasn't and so then he's got two sons which i also think is relevant two sons who one of them um happy um is trying to meet those same goals with him so he's lying to himself they're just lying to them to themselves but biff is the one that's kind of like no i believe that there's more to life than this and i and i want to see that like i i look at the sky and i think that is you know i'm under this vast sky this is beautiful this is what i want to enjoy i want to be out there working with horses and, and just doing things and enjoying nature for what it is rather than subjecting myself to the tyranny that is capitalism. Yet, Willie refuses to accept this. He refuses to look past his salesman job, just like the Ten of Wands. He refuses to look past it. So he starts casting this judgment on Biff and wanting Biff to be very much like him when know that when we're of our parents but we don't belong to our parents and that's what we need to kind of realize so when I was uh, at uni I had you know my thoughts were very very um they were much more clearer than this I'm just trying to like recall for you now but I wrote my whole thing about it and I directed the play that we did at uni and I acted like I said as Linda Lohman in it because I had a very clear idea of what it is that we should be putting forward so when I saw that it was going to be at the Young Vic and that it was going to be a fucking black cast like the Lomans were going to be a black family I thought whoa wow I've got to see this so I paid my big big 40 pounds and I bought my ticket so although like I said I'm meant to be on bed rest And all of that stuff I was like no I'm going to go and see Death of a Salesman Because I cannot miss this opportunity So Wendell Pierce Who's um, Who was in The Wire And I If you know I love the, the Wire I love I think I've watched The Wire From beginning to end About five times um, So um, 
Yeah, so Wendell Pierce plays Willie Loman And Sharon D. Clark, she um, is a brilliant singer and actress She plays um, Linda Loman And Arinza Kenne That guy's arms, my God Thank you, Jesus Thank you, my Lord Whatever I am now It is by your grace I saw many a biceps Sorry, that, uh, wow, let me not start changing God's songs But Arinze Kene's body is a mad thing Like, it's an actual mad thing and, and, and it was actually a distraction But anyway, whatever So he played Biff And um, I forget the gentleman's name Who, the, act, um, the actor's name who plays um, Happy But it was just really nice, refreshing To see that the family was uh, Let me find this guy's name So he's called... Sharon D. Clark is with Lohman and Martin's Imhangwe. Yeah, Imhangwe as Happy Lohman. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I got everyone else, um, everyone's names in. So, um, yeah, um, I was super excited to see that it was going to be a black cast because I think that then when we talk about the mythological nature of the um, ideology of the American dream, and then we um, we add to that the... um, the fact that they're a black family, which makes the American dream even less unattainable um, for them, it really changes the dynamics. It really changes the the the, I guess, the dimensions within within which like we observe the whole play. Suddenly, Willie Loman's problems become racialized as well as just being a fault within this um, lie that is the American dream. You, um, suddenly the way that Willie treats Linda Lohman Becomes racialized as well as gendered Because, you know, she'll try to give him advice And he'll be like, stop talking, don't talk when I'm talking And it's um, wonderful, I think, that Arthur Miller Made made sure that the last person that spoke After Win, um, Willie Lohman dies You know that he dies because it's called Death of a fucking salesman So don't be like, oh my god, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert Um. So when Willie Loman dies, it's in, it's wonderful to me that the per- last person to speak up, up on him, up, about him, um, and to him is Linda, because the we know you know Malcolm X talks about the fact that the most underprotected uh, um, person in society is the black woman. So it's interesting that then she is the last voice, and the fact that it, she's then a black woman have have speaking for the last time in that play, it really changes you know it changes everything and you know when I refer to the high priest in the tarot as well Willie keeps and Willie Loman keeps having um these uh, hallucinations of Ben his brother or whatever seeing Ben who went to Africa as it were and went into the jungle at a particular age and came out at 21 and he was rich so he again Ben is that apparition that almost tells him that no, you know, you've got to strive for this dream, but not this way. Why don't you go to Africa? Um, when it's done with white people, you actually see the colonized, like the, the 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 colonialist mentality of that idea of like going to Africa and rare, rare, rare. So obviously, from the way that I'm talking about it, you can see how excited I am about the play as it as it is as text, and also about seeing it. With um, black actors I've never been one to lie to you Especially since nobody invited me I wouldn't lie to you Even if they invited me anyway But the fact that I paid my money I'm just going to tell you as it is, yeah When everyone stood up To give a standing ovation At the end of the play I didn't stand up 
First and foremost, because there's a tenant in my uterus that decides to like put things or put their limbs in really random places. So I thought I'm not getting up. But then secondly, I just didn't think it deserved a standing ovation. I'm sorry. I I, I really didn't. I, I felt that it was brilliant. And, and obviously I'm still mentioning it in Share Your Magnificence because I think that it's brilliant that, that um, Kwame... Um, Akwayama put it put this on as the artistic director of the Young Vic. I think that that's great. I think that it's great that it's got an all black cast. But I think that something was lost when the because the directors are two white women. As far as I'm concerned, can't tell me nothing. Because the direct two directors were white women, I just thought with all the caucasity and the violence that we see white women um, exhibiting daily, and we're going to talk about that shortly. Um, as well-meaning as they are, I just felt that the, I, I was listening back to the text uh, as they were speaking it. And I just thought to myself, fam, this is a point where you could have done this and, and this could have happened. And there, sh- there should be, there should have been more emphasis on this. And stylistically, we should have looked at this. And I, I just felt like it, it didn't have that. Um, but like I said, big boy play, by Arthur Miller, big boy acting on everybody's, you know, on all parts. I, I think that everybody did so well. Big up Young Vic for putting it on. I just feel like certain things should have been different as far as I'm concerned. I will say that I did enjoy the, pardon me, I did enjoy the set design in that the stage looked like a tomb. So this house that, um, uh, Willie Loman was striving to pay for all of his life, life well, for 25 years he strived to pay for this house for his wife and his family he didn't even get to live to see the last payment made on the house but it's almost like he prophesied it when he talks about oh you know you you pay for a house and there's nobody to live in it and then he mentioned something about death soon after so I did like that in terms of the set design and like in terms of mise-en-scene like it was great that it did remind me of a tomb because everything was grey and, and dank and it's like almost like his dreams died in that house. And if the house is a microcosm for America, his American dream had like died a long time ago, yet he continued to try to resuscitate it. And, and, and that was, that was his downfall. Um, so yeah, big them up, like two slaps on your chest, all of you man that were involved in that play. Uh, I think it's wonderful. Um, that you took it on as a project. I just think that certain things should have been different. And I think that they were oversights merely because in the directorial front, there wasn't actually a black person. There's no point in having black actors play that role and having a predominantly white audience if the, 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 the nuance that could come from the actors being black and therefore the family being black was actually missed in so at so many points. Um, but that's just my view on it. Like some of you were saying to me, oh, I thought it was amazing. And I tried to not tweet it as well because I I don't want a play that's got black people in it to to meet my my critical tweets. So I just kind of thought I'd save it. I, de- I even said it in my tweets. I was like, I'm going to save this for the podcast and say it there instead. So that's that. That's my show, Your Magnificence. It is still a magnificence, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, moving on to um, a letter from S. Baybear. S. Baybear is um, it's quite a long one, but here we go. So 
Hi Kalechi, my name is S, born and bred in South London from Jamaican heritage. I'm very proud of my background and my black womanhood. So thank you for creating a space for us to celebrate and give out straws. I've listened to this podcast from the very beginning and honestly, you have saved me. Thank you to my amazing colleague that shared the podcast before she went on maternity leave. It's like she knew I needed this. You have allowed me and many other black people to feel comfortable in spaces that were never designed for me to succeed. Your ability to talk the truth and your brilliant use of pussy clout, I haven't said that today, I have to remember to say it, um, has opened up a forum where our experiences matter. I would like to say a massive congratulations to you and your partner. I wish you a healthy and beautiful motherhood journey. You are proving that women can have it all, which sometimes seems impossible being not just a woman, but a beautiful black woman. Thanks. Um, I just want to warn you that this letter may be long. However, I needed to get in touch. I never saw the full impact of race growing up. I knew how it made me feel. However, I didn't see how white supremacy impacted on our health, mental health, wealth and spirit until starting my professional career. Growing up in London, white people have been extremely racist to me from eight years old when attending my mum's friend's barbecue, being the only black people there. Three grown white men thought it was appropriate to call me and my mum monkeys and make monkey gestures at us when a woman shouted black bitch because my mum parked in the space she wanted in a car park in secondary school and a teacher asking had I been kneeling in mud in front of the whole class as I'm a lighter skinned black woman and I have darker knee pigmentation. Pushing my godson in a buggy and being shouted at by an old white woman. Why are black people having so many children here? Why can't you all go back home? I shouted, I'm born here and my parents were born here. Where do you want me to go? Being a five foot nine tall big woman, I could have pushed her down with my little finger. Yet this little old woman still felt brave to shout in my face. Being on a bus and overhearing a group of white boys talking about Lewisham's People's Day, saying they don't want to go because they fucking hate black people and there's too many there. And when I turned around and stared at him, he was so sorry. Walking in Battersea after a date with a former boyfriend Minding my own business or minding our own business As a white man walks past us and calls us fucking niggers Being at a Hindu and dancing in the same group A white woman also attending the Hindu Keeps on shouting the word nigger Whilst looking at me and another black girl As Wild Thoughts Rihanna plays I told her to stop saying it. She then used her white tears crying to everyone and went home demonizing me. In my last role, white people that started at the same time after me or at the, started at the same time or after me were promoted before me. When I would ask my manager for feedback, they would say that I was doing great in my role and there were no development areas. After three years, I finally got promoted. However, it was only for an interim role for a few months. At the end of my interim period, I was demoted back to my old role. The salt in the wound was a white woman three years younger than me who only started three months ago in the same position as me was given another promotion to become my manager. That's when I knew, that's when I fully knew that white people are wild And no matter how hard I worked, how many times I engaged in stupid conversations about dogs Nothing would change and I had to get out In the young workplace, um, the liberal white wokeness grates me As they pretend to care, but they are not many allies I have had experiences where in the lunchroom Everyone is discussing the book, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race They all then looked at me, being the only black in my department Gagging for me to share my views I just left the room Or when white women want to talk about feminism And sticking it to the white man It's a joke because they can say what they want However, I can't unless I want to lose my job 
in most of my workplaces, I've been the only one. Sometimes I don't care. However, it can be isolating. Imagine not seeing or having a conversation with someone that looks like you five days out of the week. I doubt people even think about this when they're hiring because they don't care. I have on and off gone to therapy because at times I thought I was going to have a mental breakdown and my anxiety was so high, always policing myself and watching my tone. I thank God that my therapist was a black woman. She's amazing at telling me how it is and I'm forever thankful for her. Kelechi, you gave me a real sense of vision with my life over the last year. In one of your podcasts, you said unconditional love doesn't mean love under any condition. I knew it was time to leave a five-year relationship that was no longer serving me. I've since reconnected with myself and I don't regret a thing. I focused on myself, completed a university course I'd been putting off and finally got a new job. I can't wait for what's next. Thank you. I've recently had to challenge a long-term best friend of 10 years who I saw as a sister. This former friend or is of mixed race, is of mixed heritage, white German and quarter black Nigerian. However, changes how she identifies depending on the group of friends we are with. Sometimes she would be white, other times she has um other times she's mixed race. Um I personally don't know I don't, I don't, I personally don't think how she identifies has anything to do with me. However, her lack of security in black identity came out in a drunk night where she made jokes about my Afro hair, said she wanted to rip off my wig and kept on repeating, you're so black whilst laughing. There were also many other microaggressions throughout the night. In reflection, um, she has been sowing the seed of her own issues with race for years. I believe my recent accomplishments, happiness and affirmation in my blackness threatened her. Throughout our friendship, she would often use me as the black voice. This was very tiring. I could no longer ignore her race complex as we uh, were now, um, as she was now projecting onto me. The truth comes out when you're drunk. Unfortunately, her white guilt and her denial stopped her from understanding how she needed to change so we can no longer be friends. Thank you for giving me the courage to set the standard from of my relationships and friendships. I know this letter has been a bit of a mashup of talking points. I just wanted to say a massive thank you for always being inspiring. Your being allows me to walk in my truth and continue to be the ambitious baby girl my ancestors wanted me to be. I will never accept the unacceptable and every day I'm learning how to tell people to suck their moms with an air of grace. Thank you, S. Big up yourself, S. I love that energy. And this is for anyone who's really struggling to understand the thing. It says, suck your mum. For, for those who can't see, if you, you can't see, but on um, YouTube, you can. So I've brought my sign in that says, suck your mum. And I'll just raise it from time to time. And I just think I'll carry it down the road. So when people piss me off, I can just hold it up and they know how I feel about everything. So this is for S and for all of the people who have been aggravating her all of her life, because we can, so many of us can resonate with what she said. And you can all just, you know, suck your mums really. Just suck your mum Yeah that's, that's what we'd really like But yeah I thought that I'd put that Share your magnificence Because S you've come Such a long way And, and I pray that It's just up and up And up and uh, from here That is what you deserve you've, you've put up with so much And it's so hard To cut off long time friendships But if people are moving Extremely mad You've got to leave them Where they are and where they're at and keep it moving Like you've got to keep it pushing You can't come and kill yourself Over nonsensities So yeah Two slaps on your chest S S on my chest Yes And um, two slaps on the chest Of all of the cast Of um, Death of a Salesman At the Young Vic Yes Um 
So moving on to So You Mad, um, there's actually quite a bit here. <laughs> so let's start with Bristol University researching their links to the slave trade. And I'm just, I think I talked about a university prior um, who um, were doing the research. Was it Bristol as well? No, it was another one. I can't remember. Maybe not. In, no, probably not. not. I have to go back and listen to my own fucking podcast. But anyway, I'm so tired of all of you stupid, dusty, crusty, musty um, University saying that you're doing research into your links to the slave trade. Let me tell you from now, you're all linked. You're all linked to the state of slave trade. And that's you, that's how you were all built. You were all built upon slavery. So I don't know why it's research, research, research. What I want to hear is reparations. Ooh, yeah, baby. Reparations. R to the E to the spare the reparations. I can't keep going. Yeah. Anyway, give give people that give people their things back. That's all I care about. Actually stop being racist to all of the um to the um, black students that you have Let more black students in There are so many things you could do To work out this nonsensical balance You could have courses That if they're about blackness Probably taught by black pro- professors Rather than white professors And lecturers that are going to get in their feelings The moment that they're challenged So I just There's so much that can be done To, to figure out this balance All your nonsensical research I don't understand Especially since your research is saying That 85% of your funding For even starting your university Was from the slave trade Trade and you're talking about Oh we're not directly linked To the slave trade Bitch how much more directly Do you want to be linked Um, So let me get it up Let me get it up for you So it says here It was a Guardian article That says Bristol University To confront its links With the slave trade A new academic role Will investigate its history After estimates um, estimates that 85% of the original funding came from slavery. The University of Bristol is to become the latest top education institution to order a new examination um, of its historical links to slavery amid wider attempts by the city to get to, to grips with its ties to the trade. The city was one of three key ports for British slave traders, along with London and Liverpool. Now, as the city's political leaders draw up plans for a permanent memorial to its historical role, and this is what gets me, would you be shocked, yeah, if the permanent memorial is actually praising a slave owner as opposed to the people who were enslaved? I wouldn't be shocked because why? Ding, 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 white people are mad. Anyway, Um, The university is to advertise for a permanent academic post examining the history of slavery Whoever gets the job will oversee efforts by staff and community groups to explore, investigate and determine the university's historical links to slavery A university spokesperson said As an institution founded in 1909, we are not a direct beneficiary of the slave trade But we fully understand and acknowledge that we financially benefited indirectly, they added That, you know, that was a lot of vocabulary gymnastics that you did not need to do If 85% of your initial funding to start your university came from the slave trade Bitch, you're directly, you're directly involved Directly All of this, oh well that was my forefather It was my, if it was my great, great, great grandfather that was involved in that Why am I the one that's suffering, yeah Why am I the one that's getting a bollocking for it You're getting a bollocking for it because you're still benefiting from it Duh So last week, Cambridge University announced that it was launching a two-year study. A two, it takes you two years. 
years. You need two years. Something that me, I can do in 15 minutes. You need two years. Um, a two-year study to his own historical links with slavery. Trevor Phillips, aka the Pussy Clark, the former chair of the Equality and Human Rights Commission, has criticized Cambridge for appointing a white professor to oversee the study, which is his- hysterical. So hilarious coming from Trevor Phillips, the one that was saying, oh, there's nothing, you know. Um, what is it the, the that the royal baby is going to mend racial relations in this country? You don't even have a good understanding of racism in this country. Race and racism in this country. You're black ourself, but you're pissed that it's a white professor that's been appointed in the role. Look, trust me, I'm pissed with you, but we're not pissed at the same level because you move mad when you want to. So you also, Trevor Phillips, cannot be trusted. Um. Anyway. Some staff at Bristol would like to see a similar investigation. While Bristol is taking tentative steps in this direction, I think as a university, it needs to look seriously, said Mark Horton, professor of archaeology. It is a different situation from that of Cambridge, as Bristol has been in existence for just over 100 years. But it is a leading institution funded from city families and and lives in 18th century buildings put up with proceeds from the slave trade. Exactly. If you don't want to be involved in it, bitch, Stop taking funding from those people who have generational wealth from the slave trade and move out of these buildings that were funded and they were built because of the slave trade. Go and be somewhere else. Go and build your own building. Hmm? How about that? Um, Some also want the university to change its crest, which features Edward Colston, a slave trader. Last year, it was estimated that 85% of the wealth used to found the university had depended on slave labor. In 2017, the university rejected a petition to change the name of its Wills Memorial Building, which was built in honor of Henry Overton Wills III, the first chancellor of the university, whose family made its money from the tobacco industry, which used slave labor. So Bristol is saying that it wants to know its links to slavery, but it's actually with the links that it's aware of, it still doesn't want to change those things. So you want to keep a building up that basically commemorates a pussy clerk, there you go, S. That basically com- commemorates a bit uh, pussy clout. You're not brave enough to change that, but oh, we want to know our links to slavery. We want to know our links to slavery. Once you know the links, what are you going to do with the links? Links after effect. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hmm? Nothing. Pricks. So, yeah, that just annoyed me when I saw it because I was just like, it, it, it's just true. Say it, you know, so you mad fashion. It just makes me mad just knowing about it because I'm just like, look, these white people are dangerous. Um, they're ridiculous. I'm not with it. Moving on then to more caucasity. Um, Alex Ohanian is um Serena Williams, the Queen Serena Williams. He is her husband. Alexis Ohanian decided to go on Beyonce's internet and tweet the following. Just applied to join four private natural... Let me start again in case you missed that because I know that sometimes some of you a bit slow on the uptake. Just applied to join four... One, two, three, four. Econ, AG, ETA, ERI, four private natural hair Facebook groups. I hope they don't auto-reject my application when they see my profile photo because obviously his profile photo is of himself, a white man. Um, I told them it was to keep getting better at doing my daughter's hair. Now, I went in there and I suggested like he could follow Treasure Tress, Afrocentrics, um, Culture. He could follow, um, I didn't remember to put everyone I know, but you know, there were so many um, healthy hair junkie I could have mentioned. Um... 
um, Afro Skin Hair and Co. Um, Afro, Afro Skin Hair and I might have mixed that up, but there's so many I could have mentioned, but those were the ones that just came to my mind off the bat. You could go and actually follow all of these organizations to help you with um, doing your daughter's hair. Alexis Ohanian, why did you need permission? Why did you want access to four private Groups about natural hair The reason that these groups Are probably private Is because of white nonsense Like the ones that you would bring to the fore There are so many public pages There are so many YouTube pages There are so many blog posts That you could go on To go and find the information Even on your own Reddit Or read Reddit Read it Reddit Whatever the fuck you call your site There'll, there'll be information on there I'm sure that somebody's put on there But you want access to a private Four private groups on Facebook And you're already aware That what you're doing Is inappropriate Because you're talking about Oh I hope they don't Auto reject me Bitch I hope they auto reject you And I hope that They then send you a sign That says Suck your mom Because What I, Oh God When will the white nonsense stop What made me more sad Is that I saw Some of my followers I saw so many black women, black guys All coming to praise this guy Like, oh my God, this is so sweet That you want to do this for your daughter Oh my God, this is so heartwarming And I'm just like, am I being too Am I being overly sensitive? Because sometimes I do worry about that Sometimes I'm thinking, am I just doing the most? But God is, my God is not a God of letting me be wayward My God will not let me be wayward So I get that you want to learn how to do your daughter's hair, but in your Korokoro home, there's Serena, there's Venus, there's the, uh, Serena and Venus's mum, there's Serena and Venus's dad, there's Serena and Venus's auntie, uncle, there's so many people that can help you with this, but you jumped on this internet and said, no. I want access to those Facebook groups You know what? Some of the conversations that are even going on in these natural hair groups Rarely are they all ever about um, hair You know, we talk about so many things And also, black hair has been so politicised Because of whiteness Because of white supremacist patriarchy That I just don't I just think it's violent That you would want access to these groups When they're trying to address And and undress the trauma That they have faced about their hair For centuries You now want to You now want access to the progress When you can just go in The ones I've already given you um, permission you can go there Why do you want to be In a private group And what So As much as I like Serena Williams Yeah You asked for access To my private group Now I'm under pressure To give you access Because obviously Serena Williams Is a baby girl But you know what I'd rather give Serena Williams access Than give you access Because she's a black woman And if, if she wants to Show you what we Are writing on our page she, she can show you that I hope she doesn't But she can show you that But you wanting access Specifically as a white Cis het man Fuck off Go away Stop doing things like this It's so annoying And it's the way that Everybody was praising him And I'm like No this is it's, This is a violent act It's a violent act Because he's using His status as a very rich White man Who is married to a black woman With a mixed race child To be like This is my passport On every front To have access to this group White people Not everything Is for you I know it's I know I know baby I know I know it's so hard to understand I know you just want everything You just want everything to be for you But not everything's for you Not everything You can't have everything Okay Okay Yeah get it Not everything's for you Fuck off Leave things alone 
There are other groups that you can I'm sure there are white father Doing our, our black babies hair groups That you could go and join There are so many white people White women specifically Who sent me DMs Who were like Nah he's doing the most Because when it was time for me To learn how to do my child's hair I went on Google And I went to go and Google that shit Or I asked my family members And I was just like Help me do this Or you know what That motherfucker has so much money He could pay for a private tutor He could pay for someone To come to the house And show him how to do his daughter's hair And learn that way Like Kim Kardashian didn't Didn't she Like there are so many things that you could do, especially when you have that amount of money. When home, when Serena said that she was hungry and wanted to, to, to eat Italian, eh? you took her to Venice and you felt no way about advertising that to us, that you took her to Venice to go and eat um, spaghetti. Sp- sp- yeah? You told us that you did that. Why didn't you use the same vim to, to hire yourself, um, a, 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 I don't know, a caucus? Of hair people to, to tell you what to do And someone else told me That actually um, Serena Williams Has the same hairstylist um, As uh, Lupita Nyong'o um, So And he's He's known for being amazing At doing natural hair So you have access in that way That's not You don't want that one You want the groups It's just very White nonsense Like white nonsensical To me That 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 whole thing And for that If He's already set it in place That if he gets rejected He is therefore the victim And somehow This is reverse racism I haven't seen Serena talk too much About race Um Race issues For me to really Really know where she stands But this is Often Oftentimes My problems with Interracial relationships In that you man Aren't calling out Your homeboys Like you're not You're not telling Your partners That nah You're being wild right now And your whiteness Is coming to the fore You, You don't have access to this You can't have it You cannot have it Like I remember When I said I wanted to go To Afropunk festival In Brooklyn And my partner was like Oh I'd like to come too I didn't I don't think I even took in a new breath of oxygen before I said it's not for you. Simple. Simple. You heard you heard me say afro at the beginning of it and then I finished it with punk. But I said afro and you said I want to come too. You can want to come to all of the things in the world. It's not for you and you're not coming and I will go there and I'll enjoy myself and I'll see you when I see you. It's really that simple. Set boundaries. Set boundaries with your white partners otherwise they'll just start to misbehave anyhow. And you have to let them know because it's you that will be that, that you will be emboldening them to go and do nonsense outside. God forbid somebody gives them a straw and tells them to suck their mum and they come home and he said oh darling I was given this red and white straw I don't know what it means and then you've got to explain it because you know what it means because someone has told you about me tell your partners to behave unless they get slapped up um so that's it for Alexis's nonsense and then my last thing on so you no I was gonna say my last thing on so you mad these um Abortion laws in Alabama We've got the same thing or worse in Northern Ireland And it's really stressing me out That people who are not in possession of vaginas Want to tell people with vaginas what to do with them Even if you are in a possession of a vagina That is your vagina You mind your business What I do with my vagina is my business Like, like stay out of it And I think it's very important in this conversation To not keep referring to it as Oh my God, you're taking away just women's rights And da 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 It's not just about women's rights Because you've got a trans men in there And you've got non-binary people in there Who um, some... Some have vaginas, right? And their they their rights matter too. So it just frustrates me that the 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 biologically female body 
It's so politicized in our society that everyone thinks that they have a say. You tell a man to go and have a voluntary vasectomy or um, a biologically male person to go and have a vasectomy. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to have a vasectomy, even though that is reversible. But And if you did that, then maybe we wouldn't have to worry so much about abortion rates. You don't want to do that. But, oh my God, women can't, don't be having abortions. Don't be having abortions. It's a sin. Everyone loves to talk about the extremism of like Islam and all of these other people there. And I'm just like, focus on the extremism of Christianity. Focus on that because that is what's absolutely wild in this situation and the actual basis for a lot of um, of, of, of wars and a lot of things that are just wild within this society. And I don't know why some of you Christian girls are being, um, or even girls and guys, all of you Christian girls and guys that are being extremely high and mighty right now, especially for you guys. You don't know how you've been saved by the fact that one of your little Christian girlfriends that you don't think would put a foot wrong has secretly had an abortion. So she hasn't had to tie you down. So after you got tired of her, you could move on or you could still be pretending to be pastor and, 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 and youth evangelist. You were afforded that. You were allowed that because of the things that she did and probably with or without your knowledge, right? And the same with these girls, you could start doing all oh, God fearing, God fearing, God fearing. Meanwhile, you were doing all of these things behind the scenes, but now you want to be on social media talking about, oh yeah, well, it's a sin to do this and it's a sin to do that. It's a sin, but you did it five times, babes. Hmm? It's a sin, but you did it five times. So why do you want to te- why do you want to condemn it and shame other people and and deny them the access to do the same? Why? Why? Stop All of you need to get off Of your, your dusty high horses your, your horses aren't even cute like that You haven't even platted their mane You haven't even done anything to You're just Your horses are dusty You're dusty Shut the fuck up And leave people alone And it's It's really really sad That these things are happening Because the, the state, especially in Alabama and states like it, you insist on these um, people must have these children once the, there is a, you know, once they're pregnant or once it's a heartbeat, which is what, six weeks. Some of these people don't know before that, that they're pregnant. But you insist that they must have these children And then they have the children You don't want to give them free healthcare You don't want to give them anything to help them You don't want to, you don't want to give them welfare that will support them In fact, you'll still send out police to shoot up their children Because the, I feel like the people that will be disproportionately affected by this Are people of colour So you, you'll still want to shoot up their children and kill their children A woman can say to you, I'm pregnant Okay, you said, oh, she wasn't pregnant when the police shot her Alright, cool but the fact that she shouted I'm pregnant and you still shot her, where were your laws then? Where were your where where did where was your pro-life Higgy Hagger then? It's it's so fucked. It's so fucked. Like I just I just think it's absolutely disgusting. And like a lot of people keep stressing, you can ban safe abortions, but you motherfuckers cannot ban actual abortion. All that's gonna happen is that the rate with which that people are gonna have unsafe abortions are just gonna go sky high. And that's that's the problem because you're willing for us to die just for you to be able to pretend and have this false like this false sense of of um of sanctity. And this is what I'm saying about this high priest card, these draconian, these archaic um um ideologies that you hold that's actually affecting the rest of us. And you're so deeply, like deeply kind of committed to doing this and to and to and to wreck like wreaking violence over the female body that you will not be told anything otherwise. And that is sad to me. That is that is just disgusting. Um Moving on from that, I didn't even bother like to go into the article because I just thought, why not? Um, why should I? Um, more 
nonsense is all I'll say. Um, Pastor Robert Baldwin and Sam Little, they are two people who are incredibly useless. Basically, um, um, Robert Baldwin is a US pastor um, from New Jersey who's backed by a British former clairvoyant, he calls himself, Sam Little. And they um, have, are running a network that gives up to 50,000 Ugandans a miracle cure. They call it miracle water, um, which is actually just made from industrial bleach, claiming that the drink... That drinking the fluid, um, toxic fluid, eradicates cancer, HIV, and malaria, and most other diseases. Now, the thing is that this shit has been tested and it, and um and it's been proven, or it's been said to have no actual health benefits whatsoever. Nothing. There is nothing that says this actually works. But again, this is how you. White people and nonsensical people generally who are deeply invested in white supremacist patriarchy and have that neo-colonialist mentality. You believe that Africa is a playground um, and you can just go there and um, and wield your power and hurt these people. Like the guy actually said, the Robert Baldwin guy actually said, the reason I'm doing it in Uganda is because I know that there'll be less pushback. And um, I'm doing it through a church because... Um, it's less likely to be questioned, which also, again, I'm telling you about the extremism of Christianity. The fact that it, it harkens back to the missionaries and all of the, you know, colonization and the transatlantic, um, transatlantic slave trade and things like that, that someone can just tell you, God, Jesus, and you will not question them. They could do whatever the hell they like. That's it. Because it's God. Jesus, they can do. And again, this is why I keep saying to you that religion is something that you are taught. It's something that you learn, whereas spirituality is something that you know. And if you knew the value of human life, truly cared about the value of human life and of humanity generally, you would not be going to other people's countries and be giving them basically bleach to drink and claiming that it's going to cure malaria. And these people are coming and drinking it because they don't know what else that they can do. And you're aiming for a specific demographic that aren't economically robust um you would deem them as poor that's why you're doing it to them and the ugandan government isn't clocking your thing because you're claiming that you're doing orphanage and you're doing all of these things when actually you're just abusing you're abusing these people and it's horrendous so um in here it says um the network led by Pastor Robert Baldwin and part funded by Sam Little from um, Arsley in Bedfordshire is one of the most extensive efforts yet to distribute the miracle cure known as MMS or Miracle Mineral Solution. The Guardian has learned that the poor Ugandans, including infants as young as 14 months old, have been given chloride, um, chlorine dioxide, um, a product that has been known, that has no known health benefits and can be extremely dangerous. Baldwin 52 is importing bulk shipments of the components of MMS, sodium chloride and citric acid into Uganda from China. Um, the two chemicals are mixed to produce chlorine dioxide, a powerful bleach used in the textile industry. The American pastor has trained about 1,200 clerics in Uganda on administering the miracle cure and each in turn uses it to treat about 50 congregants, usually after Sunday, th um, Sunday service. As an inducement, Baldwin is offering smartphones to those clerics who are especially committed to spreading the bleach cure. 
Baldwin operates under a ministry he founded called Global Healing. The church advertises itself as using the power of Almighty God to greatly reduce the loss of life in Africa. Yet in a phone conversation, a campaigner, um, a campaigner against quack medicine who spoke to him while posing as a freelance journalist, uh, Baldwin said he distributed the bleach through churches to stay under the radar. And that's my whole thing. A lot of you can get away with absolute fuckeries because you're, and stay under the radar because you're using the name of God and you're using the name of church. That's what you're doing. And this is not a me damning churches in general, but it's about asking us to just stop taking things um, for, um, as we're told, like, oh, well, you know, this is the way it's, it is. We, we don't question, we don't question the church. We just do it. We just do it. I'm not, no, I'm not Nike. I'm not just fucking doing anything. How about that? Um, Baldwin, who trained as a student nurse and is understood to have no medical expertise, said he chose Uganda because it was a poor country with weak regulation. Speaking from New Jersey, where he is based, he told um, the news reporters, America and Europe have much stricter laws, so you're not as free to treat people because it is so controlled by the FDA. That is why I work in developing countries. He added, those people in poor countries, they don't have the options that we have in the richer countries. They are much more open to receiving the blessings that God has given them God didn't give them that It's you and your demonic self That's bringing nonsense That nobody asked you to bring And and yeah Some might say But that should have been In straw of the wheat That should have been In suck your mum But I just want to show you The madness of the world And the fact that These guys currently Aren't even They're not They're not facing Any repercussions For this There are no consequences For what they're doing They're just being left To do this nonsense Like when will it stop When will When will the continent of Africa Because you man Like to treat it Like it's a country When will this nonsense stop Where we're being used As a fucking playground When will it stop Because me I'm tired And that's Sam Little and he's um, Sam's orphanage and all of that bullshit. All of you white people need to stop going to Africa and opening your dusty fucking orphanages that nobody fucking asked for. Instead, you can support the people that actually live in the country and help them do what they're doing. Nobody needs another orphanage, especially since all the abuse that they face and um, and the maltreatment. All of it comes from your orphanages. In fact, they might prefer to just stay outside and and not have to deal with your orphanages and just be parentless without your nonsense. So. That's that. Now moving on to straw of the week. I'm just going to power through this. Um, straw of the week. My first straw of the week goes out to Natasha Tynes. Straw of the week, aka suck your mum, goes out to Natasha Tynes, who's um, the social media lead at uh, for World Bank. Um, Natasha is a pussy clerk because she saw a black woman on the train headed to work in the morning eating her breakfast on the train, and Natasha decided to take a picture of her and then tag the um the travel organization that she works for um the the train system tag them and be like look she's eating on the train and natasha identifies as jordanian american and also identifies as a woman of color now you understand why i don't see myself as a woman of color because you women of color are mad you're you're genuinely mad you're actually mad because this is the kind of nonsense that you'll be doing your women of color within that umbrella that's such stupid wide umbrella there's so much anti-blackness within it you're women of color when it's time to get funding when it's time to get a publishing deal but monday to sunday you fucking hate black people specifically black women and you're only using our backs to step on to get the things that you want because oh there's this whole niche let me use that to get my things while i still am one of the main um supporters of white supremacist patriarchy Anyway, so Natasha put up a tweet and she wrote, when you're on your morning commute, 
you and see um, a WMATA employee in uniform eating on the train. She put uniform in capital letters. Eating on the train. I thought we were not allowed to eat on the train. This is unacceptable. I hope the WMATA responds. When I asked the employee about this, her response was, worry about yourself. That is my type of black woman. That is my type of black woman. Homegirl said, worry about yourself. And you know what, Natasha? You should have listened to the advice because that advice came from a queen. She told you, worry about yourself and you refused to worry about yourself. So what happened to you next, Natasha? What happened? Anyway, the Metro Rail um, people um, now responded to Natasha and they said, Good morning, Natasha. Thank you for catching this and helping us to make sure all Metro employees are held accountable. Can you confirm the time you were on the train, the direction you were headed and what line you were on? Natasha wrote back with Vim and said, this was around 9 a.m. on the red line headed to Glenmont. Thank you for responding. Appreciate it. So you even gave them specific, you fucking snitch, you fucking op, you fucking demon. You then gave them the specifics because you really wanted this woman to get fired. You weren't worried about the fact. Yeah, you were worried about the fact that she was eating because sometimes you, you man just don't like black people breathing, most especially black women. I see sometimes on the tube when I'm on like, you know, Northern line, Central line, them things there. I just sometimes catch a white woman just looking at me with utter, just incredulous sort of, why are you still, why are you here? Why are you here? So I stare them right back in the face. Like we'll look at each other until you turn your demonic eyes away from me. So you're bothered by the fact that she even exists and the fact that she has the cheek to be eating. And then you saw her uniform and you were like, yep, this is who I'm going to get fired today. And I say it time and time again on this podcast, when you annoy um, white women And I'm calling her a white woman In this situation Because that's how she's moving uh, Jordanian and all of that Don't mean nothing to me White woman When you annoy them All they'll go for instantly Is your money Because the if they can cancel your money If they can affect your Like your socioeconomic status In any sort of way That is what they're going to target Because they know That it's going to take you out you know, it's like that stupid fucking studio in Manchester When I said, oh, I wanted to come and teach twerk And she got rude And I put it on the internet Instantly, she went and messaged one of my colleagues And she said, who is her boss? Bitch, I don't have a boss My only boss is God You pomplex um, But again, it's about getting to my money And stopping my money And making me pay and apologize I'm not apologizing for anything um, Anyway, Natasha then went and deleted The tweets that she put up Only to then put up Because um, obviously she got dragged the, She got dragged to hell and back she deleted the tweets and she was like, I'm sorry for the tweet I put up earlier today. I've now deleted it. It doesn't matter that you deleted it because the damage has been done. You did what you needed to do. But the God I serve is a living God because within a matter of hours, she lost her... Um, she was meant to be releasing a book. Um, what is it called? And um, they called me whatever they called me, but someone changed it and they said they called me snitch, which is um, um, an apt term. But you... Within a few hours, the people who were going to be distributing her book were like, no, nah, we're not doing it anymore. We're not involved. Um, they said, um, fri- uh, 
did uh, what's it? Um, they'd learned that the author did something truly horrible today in tweeting a picture of a metro worker eating her breakfast on the train this morning and drawing attention to her um, her employer. Black women face a constant barrage of this kind of inappropriate behavior directed towards them and a constant policing of their body. We think this is unacceptable and have no desire to be involved with anyone who f- thinks that this is acceptable. So basically, yeah, they dropped her. Her publishers dropped her. Her distributors dropped her. They were like, we're not involved. And I'm when you do clownery, that's what Monique told us. When you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. And that's how you manage to fumble your own bag because of the, of the hatred that's in your soul. You fumbled your own bag, Natasha. And that's why you should suck your mom. Use all of the straws available here to suck your mom because you're a disgusting, you're a disgusting human being. And why you would think that that was necessary to do such to someone or because she also said to you, Worry about yourself So she defied you She told you Nah bitch I'm going to do what I want to do Worry about yourself And you chose not to worry about yourself And you see what happened Because you didn't worry about yourself You've now lost your book deals <laughs> Good for you Cunt Um. So yeah So Natasha definitely gets One straw this week And my next straw Goes out to Danny Baker Obviously you would have read My Metro article by my, my Metro article My Metro essay by now If you haven't read it My opinion piece I add the link to this as well To this um, podcast And you can have a read there But Danny Baker When it was announced That um, Megan and Harry Had their child had arrived Called Archie Danny Baker, who's um, a DJ for Radio BBC Radio 5 Live, decided to go online on his personal Twitter page and put up a picture of a chimpanzee in a suit holding the hands of two humans. And he put um, the royal baby leaving the hospital. Now, let me just read Michael's um, letter about this because I think that that will, that will do it justice. So Michael's letter says Let me just get Michael's letter up Baby boy Michael Hello Kelechi, hope you're well I'm writing to you to dedicate my straw of the week To Danny Baker who is a complete racist And low life of the highest order This straw also goes out To all of the white people that are attempting To defend Danny Baker's racist actions And tweet Danny Baker put up a racist tweet about Harry and Meghan's newborn baby With the tweet showing a picture of a chimpanzee Captured, captioned Raw baby leaves hospital Following Danny putting up that tweet, BBC has sacked him for it. And he's recently been backed by white people trying to state that he tweet, what he tweeted wasn't racist. It was just a joke. I'm beyond disgusted, but not surprised of how people will brush off race, racist incidents like this, do nothing about it, and then pretend that racism doesn't exist. But then again, Britain is beyond racist and it won't ever stop being racist. But I'm even more disgusted by, um, at the fact that when Alan Sugar put up that racist tweet mocking the Senegalese football team, Nothing happened to him He didn't lose his job or anything He got to walk off scot-free When dealing with racism You've got to carry And use that energy Of being able to deal with all races Not the energy of deciding What is and what isn't racist Choosing what is and what isn't racist Shows that you're no different Because you may have Dealt with one racist incident well But you didn't bring that same energy For other For another similar racist incident Yes Michael my baby You are absolutely right That is it that is simply it the, Obviously we know the reason that um, Alan Sugar kept his job Is because he didn't make that racist joke About a member of the royal family He didn't make it about a royal baby um, 
that's the only thing that caught Danny Baker. But Danny Baker has been fired and rehired so many times by the BBC. And it just goes to tell you that BBC needs to really start reconsidering the way that they're doing certain things because that is just ridiculous. And in my um, essay for my opinion piece for the Metro, I also said that, you know, I'm glad that the BBC have fired him. But the thing is, white men fail upwards all of the time. He's already got a better paying gig. He's already got a good gig since that happened because white people ran and they felt sorry for him and they came and protected him. League of Incredible Pussyclarts. They all gathered to come and protect him because they know that they too have made monkey jokes. We had that um, um that letter from S that I read in Shea Magnificence where she went to a barbecue with her mum and they're being called monkeys by three white men. Danny Baker, who I think is a Millwall fan, an avid Millwall fan, who's, you know, stays up to date with all the footballs and uh, the footballs and them, them things there. He knows that that's a regular slur that's used against black players. So he was well aware of what he was doing. And if you insist that he wasn't aware of what he was doing, he's either incredibly racist or incredibly stupid. Either way, he should not be on the airwaves. He should not be a DJ on one of the UK's major airwaves spewing his nonsense because... And because if he's going to say that on his private, on his personal Twitter account, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have that job as far as I'm concerned. That's simply it. The only reason he got dropped by the BBC the way he got dropped is because it was about a royal baby, not because of the racism of it, because they don't care about the racism of anything. We saw that with the whole Stacey Dooley thing. They don't care. And I just think that to me, ultimately, it's just wild. And I feel bad for like someone like Afua Hirsch, who's out here um, on pro, um, going on these programs trying to explain the wildness that we're seeing in that is racism. And she's explaining it to this group of white people who will never understand because they don't care. They genuinely don't care. They just know that it's a subject for the week and they want to ride off it. Do you know how many, I was just saying that all the parties and things that I haven't been able to go to, but do you know how many um, TV appearances and radio, um, radio things that I've turned down? I turned down every single thing regarding this Danny Baker thing because I refuse to give you more energy than you're worth. I need all of my energy to continue growing this human I'm not giving you my energy to come and support the the nonsense that you're doing I'm not I'm not I'm not doing it I'm not doing it so Afro wanted to do it all these other girls wanted to go on um, go on TV and do that you do that but I'm not giving it my energy I said what I needed to say in my metro piece and that is the end of it Danny Baker is a pussy clerk and and even in the um the the press release that the BBC put out once they fired him it sounded like they were about to give him an award talking about he achieved this and then he achieved this this year and he did this this year and I'm like what are you doing so what you're telling me is that you didn't even want to fire him this is burning you because you also think maybe deep down that this is hilarious too I don't know what's hilarious about comparing black people to apes when actually uh, uh, black people and the apes We seem to wash ourselves in the shower better than you So, you know, maybe that's a story for another day Maybe All these centuries you've been making jokes That uh, that black people are dirty Or no, their skin colour will come off on you If you're not careful Meanwhile, you're not even washing below your belly button You fucking pricks Shut up, go and learn how to wash yourself Before the bubonic plague comes back to catch your clot How about that? So, Danny Baker isn't surprising to me He's still doing well um, BBC will probably give it a few months and hire him for something else. People can be racist. People hate to hear that Britain is racist, but you just have to look at these incidents and see how they all gather so speedily to come and protect it. Recently, someone put up um, the clip from Jane Elliott's um, Blue Eyed Project 
resurfaced again And we just watched this white teacher Talking about Oh a black girl scraped her face And she was surprised That the black girl had pink flesh underneath She didn't know what she was expecting underneath it And this is a white school teacher She's a teacher And she's saying this nonsense She's a primary school teacher And she's saying this nonsense If that doesn't scare you I don't know what will So for all of um, You know what I have got to give it to the white people that listen, listen to this podcast. You are made of some steely stuff because I'm surprised that your your um, your the, the, your programming is such that you have been able to override it and be like, these are the truths that I need to hear. I'm going to sit here and hear it. Commend yourselves, like two slaps on your chest, because that is a hard feat. Because your your peers, they're not doing that. They're not doing that Every day they're moving mad And when we tell them That they're moving mad Like look at the state of Britain They'll get upset That Britain isn't racist Britain is wonderful Britain is not wonderful Britain is eroding It's eroding The the, the racist The racist disease That it's got Is making it erode And if you don't address it soon You won't have an island left And I'm just telling you that Just as a friend Just as a mate From a mate to mate Sort it out Um, And yeah, so Danny Baker definitely gets that straw. He can go and suck his mother wherever she is. That's that's for you. Suck your mum, Danny Baker. Suck your mum in her entirety because you you are a disgusting man. And to then come and play victim afterwards after all of the things that you've been doing is it's it's a wild state of affairs. And last straw of the week before I head out of here because Brent and I have things to do with our day goes out to the Pennsylvania school district. Um, they're doing gun drills. They're doing gun drills to prepare for if um, a gunman comes into schools, training training children and students to understand what to do during a gun drill. Tell me why the, a teacher went and dressed up as um, an Arab man, you know, as in, you know, with a, with a head tie and everything. Even when you are aware that it's white men, white men and boys that come into schools and shoot the schools the fuck up, your inherent racism cannot stop you from trying to other it and being like, oh, it's those fucking Muslims. It's those Muslims that's going to come and shoot us the fuck up. They're going to kill us, those Muslims, those brown fuckers. They're going to come and kill us. So we've got to be prepared. But you're, And this is how you end up killing yourselves. And it's the same disease of racism that's eroding the British Isles. That's also going to erode you where you are over there in the America you know, in the Americas and all of them, man, they, that's what's going to, that's what's going to erode you too, because you, you refuse to tell yourself the truth. You refuse to tell yourself the truth about what is truly going on. You know that you are, when, when has a, a Muslim person, when has an Arab, whatever, whatever, come and shut up your school? Highly unlikely. Week after week, you are the ones that are walking into your own schools and shooting up your own schools. Yet when it's time to actually act it out, you don't want to do that because you fail to see your own self as the enemy when you are the one killing yourselves. You're blaming it on everybody else, but everyone else is really just minding their business and seasoning their food. You are the one killing you, but you'd rather frame it as everybody else. They said, oh, it was just costume. We weren't thinking so deeply into that same way Danny Baker wasn't thinking so deeply into that when he put up the picture of the chimpanzee. If it's a case that all of you aren't thinking deeply, I, I invite you to start thinking deeply. I invite you to just start doing that thing because you don't want to accept the racism. You claim it's not racism. You claim it's just an oversight and not thinking deeply. So I need you to now start undersighting and start thinking more deeply because this is disgusting. So fuck you, Pennsylvania. Fuck you, Alabama. Fuck you, Bristol University that just wants to do research. But not accept the things there Fuck you Danny Baker Fuck you Natasha Tyne Just fuck all of you Because it's actually Just a ridiculous state of affairs
best and we all as humans deserve better than this regardless of race we all deserve way better than this because I don't actually understand what's happening right now Anyway, for someone who didn't want to be here, I've been here an awfully long time. So I'm just going to wrap it up at this point and say thank you so much for constantly engaging with this podcast. Um, Thank you for using the hashtag say your mind, hashtag say your your mind pod. Thank you for tweeting at me at say your mind pod or at Kalechnikov. Remember, remember, remember to send your letters to sym at kalechiokafor.com. Do not DM me on Instagram like some of you pricks are doing send it to sym at kalechiokafor.com any links like for the metro article if you haven't read it yet i'll pop it in um i'll pop it in the captions as well so you can have that but yeah i hope that you're having a wonderful time that you're all staying lubricated moisturized definitely washing your legs and your feet your toes drying them um as you should and all of them things there i'm super proud of you for continuing to breathe in and out and i'll catch you soon peace it's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time's calling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind